is no guarantee for success, but there are ways to get closer to it when you do the right things. Who you surround yourself with is just as important as what you do. Finding the right people, the right classes, the right activities, and taking the right tests are all decisions that shape your future. Find out more today on Destination University with Dr. Cynthia Colon. Dr. Colon and her guests will give you the tips you need, whether you're a student, parent, or educator. Now, here is your host, Dr. Cynthia Colon. Remember the days when kids rode bikes and skateboards in the neighborhood streets? I can still hear the voices of parents shouting, time for dinner. Meeting to play video games meant actually playing with a friend sitting right next to you. We cheered each other on as we conquered each new level of Pac-Man and Mario Brothers. Athletic exercise meant swimming in your backyard pool or playing three sports in high school. My Nina Soki would whisper in my ear, reminding me to only have one soda per day while watching cousins Jorge and Eddie play soccer. Today's lesson is familiar and simple. Be a good listener. But here's my question. Whose voice are we listening to? The recordings we play in our head will help us or haunt us. Today, we learn from two tales where in one childhood, those very voices helped fuel confidence, while in the other tale, she was haunted by the voices and ultimately regretted what could have been. I'm Cynthia Colon, author of the book Tips, Tales, and Truths for Teens. Welcome to Destination University, where we explore extraordinary people who lived ordinary childhoods and found a pathway to college for themselves, for others, or went back to college years later. If you are a student, a parent of a student, you teach students, or are a student of life, this show is for you. <laughs> wow. Welcome, Mom. <laughs> Thank you, Sin. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, wow. I can't believe we're here live on national uh, radio. And thank you for being my guest. We are broadcasting live from Culver City High School today, where I'll be addressing 500 seniors in just about 90 minutes. And the principal here, Dr. Lisa Cooper, who you'll meet soon, Mom, she's amazing. And she's quite a visionary. And she has invited me here to talk to her seniors, and she wants to leverage, give them every leverage possible in the college admission process. So she has given them, she, they don't know yet, but they, she's given them the gift of my book. So 500 books you and I will be distributing just a little bit later today. Isn't that exciting? Wow, that's a pleasant surprise they'll all have. <laughs> that's right. Um, so I just, so I say it loud and clear. Thank you, Dr. Lisa Cooper, for having us here live on your, on your campus. And I look forward to meeting your students in just a bit. So mom, why don't we get started? Oh my goodness. So I've got here my posse uh, in the room. I've got mom and sister Jess and sister Stephanie. Um, they're here just uh, to, for moral support. And mom, you grew up in Compton, California. And you raised three daughters in Bellflower, California. So for those who are listening across the country, um, let's just help them understand where Bellflower is, right? So Bellflower is seven miles from Compton, where you grew up. So not very far at all, really. Not far at all. Not went, at all. Yeah, you went to Dominguez High School. I went to Bellflower High School. And if you're looking at a map, Bellflower situates itself 15 miles south of L.A. and 15 miles north of Long Beach. And it's nestled in this like nice group of five cities, uh, Norwalk, uh, Cerritos, Lakewood, and Downey. Downey. Yes. 
And I think of everything as, as colleges. So I think of it as like the Claremont colleges, sort of these five great cities. So thanks for choosing a great city to raise uh, three wonderful and beautiful, might I add, sisters, especially looking beautiful today, ladies. So what I want to talk about is really, um, you know, what it's like to be a list, you know, what it's like to grow up listening to things around you. And so we're going to get to your story, but I thought it'd be a good idea to have the listeners learn a little bit about your firstborn. That's me. I'm the oldest, <laughs> I'm the oldest and the smallest, <laughs> but, uh, let's talk about what it was like. So you and dad bought a piece of property about 1979, uh, in Bellflower, and then built the house. Actually, I think Dad was like literally hammering some of those nails, right? Yes. Right. So we we waited for that house to be built, and and I started third grade at Washington Elementary School, which was right around the corner. And I think that street, Mom is is Ramona. Is that Ramona right around, right around the corner? Ryan. Brian. Ryan. Ryan. It starts with an R. I knew I had it. Not Brian. Not Brian. Brian. It's Ryan Street. So. The walk to school was just about, not even 10 minutes, and I used to walk up Stevens and cut over uh, an empty lot, but it's now a track of homes now. I mean, it's built up everywhere. And I was graduating from sixth grade graduating. It was also 1984, the year of the Olympics. And listeners are going to learn that I am a real sports fiend. And so I watched um, Mary Lou Retton win the, the gold medal that year. So I was glued to the TV watching the Olympics. Do you remember? I love the Olympics. I still do. I still love all kinds of sports. I don't know where I got that from because it's not from you or from dad because dad's a musician. No, but you'd like the Olympics. And I remember you watching the, um, what's your name? Mary Lou Retton. Mary, yes. Yeah, Mary Lou Retton. Exactly. I wanted to be her, really. But that was really not in the cards for me. So anyway, after sixth grade, uh, I went off to high school, which is odd. I didn't think it was odd at the time. But in Bellflower, you went to high school in seventh grade. <laughs> not in ninth grade. You went to high school in seventh grade for six full years. And so what I remember of my first weeks of school, I remember three things. I remember overhearing people talk about joining clubs and getting involved and doing sports and all that stuff. And then I remember Sonia. Sonia was in my Spanish two class. She was a senior and I was a seventh grader. So I was really excited that she, um, that she befriended me, but you know what she did? She convinced me to ditch class. And I don't know if I ever told you this. <laughs> I ditched class with Sonia and I listened to her the voice. Truth comes out. I know. So I, I was mortified cause I was a rule follower. I still am. And I ran home to delete the message on the, well, back then we had like a voice, you know, message and I, the school had called, I'm sure. And left a message that I was like ditching class. I don't know what they said, but I went home and I, deleted the message. So you never heard it. And now you're, I'm confessing. It's true confessions. <laughs> so, uh, so that was the second thing I remember. And then the third thing I remember, this really stands out for me and this will make a lot of sense to you, mom. I remember this woman, uh, well, she was seemed like a woman. She's a girl. She was a senior in high school and she was, um, she was the commissioner of assemblies and rallies and her name was Christina. And she, I listened to every word she said, she wore her peekaboo complete skirt. She was a cheerleader. She was leading the assembly. She was leading the rallies and I wanted to be her. She led, she inspired. I was hooked and addicted to this high school thing. I loved high school. I loved those pom-poms. And I knew then that I wanted to be a leader, a motivator, and a cheerleader to everyone. 
So that later that month, uh, Kristen and I, my BFF, do you remember Kristen, Mom? Yes, I do remember <laughs> Kristen. I'll never forget Kristen now. <laughs> Kristen and I, we tried out for the cheer squad, and she, she and I were two of three seventh graders that made the cheer team. And I, I loved Kristen because she was really smart. She still is. She's very smart. She read voraciously. She read everything. She was a book reader. So I just, I always listened to her and I admired her. I still do because she was such a reader and that's where I got it from. And then I, I was a cheerleader for four years and I'll never forget when Mr. Maudlin, who was my algebra two teacher, came in with a cheer from the newspaper, like a, a cheer that he cut out and he talked about it. And then he said, he asked me to come and lead the class in this cheer. And of course, most teenagers would be mortified, but I was like, yeah, I was like, Christina channeling my inner Christina, I'm going to lead this cheer. So I got up right up to the front of the class and I said, D to the X, E to the X, cosine, secant, tangent, sine, 3.1415. I still remember this cheer. (laughs) It's like in my brain. So I've been a cheerleader basically my whole life. Right. And I've been a cheerleader because you were, you were a cheerleader. You were on drill team. So here's the thing that maybe because of you, this sort of bled on to me. But at the end of my sophomore year, I made two decisions. One, I was going to run for ASB Commissioner of Assemblies and Rallies, just like Christina. And two, do you remember I tried out for drill team? And it was like quite the scandal, right? You know, go on to varsity cheerleading or song leading or try out for drill team, right, with the band. And that I took my book, chapter number 21, tells the story really well. But my mom was on drill team. My dad was in band. So maybe it was meant to be, but that's what I was going to do. But I made this decision and I listened to my gut. And here's what happened. And then we're going to get to your story because, because I tried out for drill team. I don't know if you remember this, that very year, BHS was invited to USC to perform at halftime with the band and the cheerleaders. I mean, not only BHS, not only Belfair High School, it was a ton of high schools. But had I not tried out for drill team that year, I would have never gone to USC to perform. And so basically, I was hooked. I wanted nothing more than to become a Trojan and go to USC. And that's when my mindset was like, that's where I'm going. So I'm going to take a pause here because really what happened the next two years and how I got to USC was really because of my mom, my superhero, my, my mom. So mom, we're going to t- pause from my story and, and you tell us, what was it like growing up in Compton? What was it like to be a kid? What was your childhood like? Well, that takes me way back then, <laughs> way, way back. Um, I came here as an immigrant from Mexico not knowing English, obviously. My parents wanted better for us, so they brought us here. My mom and dad were very hard workers. My dad worked at a meatpacking house. And on the weekends, we would go to the corner, I'll never forget, San Pedro and Rosecrans, mm-hmm. and we would take our truck full of Mexican curios, and we would sell these things. Um, piggy bank set up as what I just, you name it. Wow. My mom and dad always had an idea of how to make an extra buck. And if you came <laughs> and you made a sale, you got 50 cents. My mom was the best salesperson ever. And so I think I took after her because yes, after you that, did. <laughs> I get 50 cents. I think I took after you then, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was not easy growing up and not knowing the language. 
um, going to elementary school, I remember just um, sitting in the back of the classroom. They didn't have bilingual classes like they have today. And all you did all day was color, 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 color. Wow. And we go to recess and we go to lunch. And that's when I started really noticing differences. Um, in my home, we wanted for nothing. We had everything we needed, nice. maybe not what we wanted. But then going to school, I realized that there were differences, not just in the language, but the way we looked. Mm-hmm. When I go to school, the Anglo kids had a lunch pail <laughs> with Mickey Mouse on it and what I later learned to be a thermos. While we would go to school and, and they would have bologna and cheese sandwiches and things <laughs> I never heard of. And here I go, this little Mexican girl going to school, and my lunch bag was usually whatever my mom could find, whether it was a Wonder Bread bag or an empty tortilla package with right, uh, right. chorizo and egg. And everybody stared at you. I didn't know what they were looking at. But the older I got, the more I realized there was... Lots of differences, yeah. not just in the way we look, but the way we live, the way we ate. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started opening my eyes to the possibility of something different. Mm. Um, I remember going to school. Uh, my parents would uh, make us wear our clothing two times, two days in a row before we got to change into a new one. <laughs> and I had this girlfriend that I always admired because she came to school dressed up to the teeth all the time and every day she had a new outfit on and I never forget to this day I still remember her in her beautiful little red shoes and I thought I want to grow up one day and have matching shoes and matching hats (laughs) which you grew up you and she did (laughs) and so yes but everything was different everything was different um um, you going. love those red shoes, and I think you grew up. I think you had a red coat. You've got red scarf, a red hat. You've got red shoes. You you you've got everything. That's your power color, mom. And I think we're both wearing like a a, yeah. a variety of red today, yeah. channeling that power. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely, I love it. So, um, we grew up always with chores. My mom. Um, there was twelve of us. 12 siblings, so needless to say that as soon as you could stand up, you were changing somebody's diaper. (laughs) So it was always chores. It was always um, things to do after school, whether it was laundry, uh, making dinner, or basically taking care of your younger siblings. Right. You were always doing something, and and you probably wanted to escape all of that, right? (laughs) You wanted out. You wanted to figure out how to get out of that. When you're a kid, you don't know any different. You know, that's your life and and that's your life. But then you start growing up and you see other people have different lifestyles. Even their home was different. At my house, we had two bedrooms for 12 kids. Okay? Two bedrooms for 12 kids. Wow. At the time, the the house seemed humongous from what we had. But can you imagine 12 children in, in two bedrooms? So you start having friends, and you see they live different. They have one sibling. Everybody has their own bedroom. Their own bedroom, right. Their yard has a barbecue and a pool. (laughs) My (laughs) yard was full of herbs, uh, corn on the cob, tomatoes, chiles, calabazas. Oh, my goodness. Okay, we're going to have a take. This is is where it gets good. This is really where it gets good. (laughs) We're going to have to take a commercial break in just a minute, but... Here's today, if you're just joining us, today's lesson, 
be a good listener. This message comes from my mom and she offers this lesson to her granddaughter, I think daily. Papaya, you know, tries to be a good listener every day when she's with you, mom. And our question today is whose voice are we listening to? In preparing with this, with my mom for this interview today, uh, I was intrigued by this question. How does one who was discouraged from attending college grow up to produce three children who grew up believing that college is not a choice, but it was in fact a destination. So if you want your child to truly believe she can achieve anything, there is one word my mom is going to share with you. The one word that all parents must remove from their vocabulary. So we are here with Lydia Franco, daughter, immigrant, sister, single mom, hairdresser, entrepreneur, honor student, grandmother, believer. We need to take a commercial break, but grab a pen and paper, grab your sip of green tea or water and get cozy because we will be right back. Are you ready to become the applicant every college wants to admit? Would you like to become the adult that models success? Then join the thousands of students, parents, and educators who have found the perfect solution. Dr. Cynthia Colon, author of Tips, Tales, and Truths for Teens, offers motivational and empowering workshops and keynote addresses for your school or organization. She fuels confidence in students on their road to university life. Cynthia coaches parents, educators, and professionals to model a success mindset for students. Go to DrCynthiaColon.com to book her to speak, receive a free consultation, or have her as your personal coach. That's Dr. Cynthia C O L O N. DrCynthiaCologne.com. Visit the site today. tuned into Destination University. If you have a question about the program for Dr. Cynthia Colon, please send an email to destinationuniversity at gmail.com. That's destinationuniversity with a Y-O-U at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Okay, well, you know, I liked, when I was a teacher, when I, you know, was in school, I used to say, Write this down, right, when, when they're little nuggets. So I did ask you to get a paper and pen. I always like to do that because, first of all, my mother is filled with little golden nuggets of information. So if ever you hear something that she says, I would say to you, write it down. So you want to have a paper and pen uh, if you're old school or at least your phone somewhere nearby to take notes. That's what I do. And I love to listen to podcasts. And when I get a little nugget, I write it down and I, let, I uh, marinate on it. And I often end up writing about it later. So... We're here live with Lydia Franco, my mother, uh, and uh, she raised three girls in Bellflower, California. If you're just joining us, welcome to Destination University. So, Mom, you were talking about, um, you know, you were leading us into what it was like to grow up. You have, you come, you're one of 12 siblings. There was a, you grew up in a, a home of two bedrooms for 12 kids, and there was always um, someone older than you, you're number five, and there was always someone that whose diaper you were helping to change, always, right, your entire life. So you finally get to high school, and high school uh, in ninth grade is uh, 14, 15 years old. And so talk about um, being at Dominguez High School. What was that like? And tell us about your teachers, your friends. Well, as I say, when you're a child, you don't know the differences between you and other people or even the lifestyles. But as, as I grew older and, and went into elementary and junior high and high school, um, 
I really looked at all of the options that I had. Um, it was like, not everybody lives in a two-bedroom home. Not everybody has 12 children. You know, there are there are other lifestyles. And so going into high school and, and learning that there are options. I remember once they, um, we had a college fair and Ooh. there were airline stewardess from American Airlines and Continental. And I thought, oh, my God, that would be wonderful to just fly away. And disappear. And wear that great uniform. <laughs> oh, a, a brand new beginning. And, you know, so I signed up. And the next thing you know, I was signed up for um, airline stewardess class. And <laughs> I so I continued with this. And, again, I didn't ever really have a lot of friends that had ideas of going to college. My mm. best friends probably there were the Padillas that were my neighbors. Nice. And the Lambs that were neighbors. Uh, they, too, had a large family. But... Um, I don't remember ever having somebody that, you know, was gun-holing going to college, but I knew I wanted something other than what I was raised at. Nothing personal. My parents taught us, you know, great uh, virtues and and uh, responsibility and stuff, but there had to be more to life. So where do you think that idea of college, where did that come from? From that college fair or from a teacher? Because of the college fair. And oh. I, I thought how wonderful it would be to, to be in a dorm and, and, and you know, have a <laughs> yes. teachy folder and go to school and, and not live at home changing diapers every day. Oh it had to be a better life. Right, right. So, um, well, there's a plug for going to college fairs. You just gave a big plug. Yes. Wow, that's great. Um, and again, um, they're very fortunate to have you, Cynthia, because you give them an actual map. <laughs> map it out. I mean, if, if they don't get it, you know, shame on them. But back then, it wasn't like that. You just had to, you know, be assertive. And so I did that. And not knowing exactly what to do, I picked up applications and, and started doing what I needed to do. So you went to the college, to, to the counselor office, I bet. Yes. And found a, so and now you're a senior. And you're thinking, I want to go to college. I want to go to college. I, I want more. I want my own room. I want my own everything because we had to share everything. I mean, can you imagine two bikes for 12 children? Okay. Wow. One boy, one girl. No, I want my own bike. I want my own shoe. <laughs> I want my own room. I want my own life. So I applied. And again, not really knowing what to expect or whatever. Wait, do you remember where you applied, Mom? I know you remember those two schools, but... Do you remember, I remember where, tell, the, tell the audience where you applied? I remember applying to Dominguez Hills. Cal State um, Dominguez Hills. Cal State Dominguez Hills mm-hmm. because in, back in the day, that was a brand new college. Okay. That was a brand, brand new college. And everybody that was going to school was going to go to Dominguez. It had new dorms. had new everything. So everything. And I don't know where I got the idea of Marymount. LMU, um, right? Loyola yes. Marymount? Loyola Marymount. Oh, wow. And Speaking my I language. thought, okay, so I applied to those schools. I remember applying to other schools. I don't remember the names. Uh-huh. But I remember these two schools in particular because one day I got a letter and it said I was accepted <laughs> to college. Oh, my God. Can you imagine this little girl that grew up in Compton not knowing a word of Spanish, parents wanting more for us, and finally, my dream is here. Wow. So you get this letter from both of the schools. As you, as you told me, you were admitted to both Cal State Dominguez and also to LMU, right? Yes. Okay. 
So you have, so I imagine it was like, like when I was accepted to USC, big envelope comes in the mail and, and you're like excited running around and you go and you, who is the one person that you want to tell? Your mother. Your mother's <laughs> the first person you tell everything to, good or bad or indifferent, but your mother's the first one that you talk to. So I run home, and by now my parents have you know, purchased a little grocery store in the neighborhood called Home Market. So she was always working there, and of course we had shifts because we always had to help in the family business. So I go and I explain to her that I got these letters, and I got accepted to college. Dominguez Hills, that was a big deal. Yeah, okay. yeah. And what she with say? my excitement in my face, she turned around and she just looked at me and she said, Mija, no sé por qué vas a ir al colegio, no vas a casar y tener raza. Interpreted, I don't understand why you're wanting to go to college. All you're going to do is get married and have a bunch of kids. Oh, my God. I'm a good listener and always listen to my mom. Yes. And that stuck to my head, like, why am I not going to college? Because she says, I'm just going to get married and have a bunch of kids. Wow. The unfortunate part was oh that she was absolutely correct. No. I did get married. Not only married, but divorced. And had a bunch of kids. Well, hang on. Let's, let's back up a second. So you're excited about getting into college and well-deserved, right? So you've worked hard. You get in. And she says this to you. And it changes your direction because you must have been devastated and crushed. And you thought, I mean, you didn't have people around you who were going to college. And so now the only person who you, let me say this, we all, I am, well, I won't say how old I am, but <laughs> on TV, on, on TV, on radio, but we all want to please our parents. We want nothing more than to seek their approval. And so the very person you tell says, you know, poo-poo's it, rains on your parade. And you think, wow, if this person doesn't believe in me, I guess I don't believe in me. So I know you did a little bit of uh, community college. And then by the time you were 20, you had me and you were married. So exactly what she said was going to happen was almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right? Absolutely. Exactly what she said. Because... I am a good listener. I listen to my mom. We all listen to our parents. That's what we're told. Be a good listener. Listen to your mom. Listen to your dad. Listen to your abuela. Listen to your teacher. But what are the things that you're listening to? And that's what I remember, that she always said, I was just going to get married and have a bunch of kids. Oh, my God. Not just married, like I said, a bunch of kids, and now <laughs> divorced. <laughs> well, there's a lot of good stuff that happened in between all of that. But let's 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 just break this down for a second, okay? Because we're here and we're talking about how does one get to college, even when you don't have the support systems around you, helping you. So you get married, and you have three kids, and you made a decision to change that environment in the household for your three girls. So really, this is where it gets good for me because it turned out good for me and for the other two, right? All three of us. So what, Mom, share with the audience, what word did you remove from your vocabulary? I knew that I let my mother's discouragement influence my choices, and that was not going to happen with my daughters. 
that was never going to be an option for them. I knew one day they would grow up and they would too marry. And they may be in a situation of divorce or, or, or you know, maybe their husband would pass away. And knowing what I had to go through to get my daughters through life, that was not going to happen for them. And so when they were growing up, it was always in the household. When you go to college, Cynthia, when you go to college, Jess, when you go to college, Steph, it was never, ever, ever a question of if you go. Because that little word, that little tiny word, put such a separation between doing and not doing. That's right. You never say, if you go to college, remove that. It is when you go to college, that's happening. No questions about it. It seems such so simple, right? It seems like, and, and maybe parents listening are going, of course, that's what I do, that's what I do. And it seems so simple, but to just bring it home, I want to say to parents that when you change that word, for anything, not just when you go to college, but when you get an A on that math test, when you make the varsity team, when you you know graduate from high school. Some for some, that's you know, that's going to be a big deal in their home. For some, you know, so changing the if to when. And some of you might be thinking, well, I can't say when you get make the varsity team because what if they don't make the varsity? Team? They may not make the varsity team this year. But now you put the you planted that seed in their head, and they're thinking. All they're thinking because they want your approval. All they're thinking is, yeah, mom believes in me. She said when I make the team, when I get the A, when I graduate from college, and that means it's a foregone conclusion. It means it will happen, and it may not happen right away. But that little tiny word, those two letters, can really change the way a kid is hearing the voices in their head. And that's really what today is all about. So to circle back, we talked about the soundtracks, right? <laughs> Those of you who are millennials, you know, what is a soundtrack? You know, the, the tapes, right? <laughs> the CDs? No. Okay, wait, what, what do we have now? Digital, just digital stuff. <laughs> so the soundtracks we play in our head come from the very people we keep close to us. And the people we keep close to us, closest to us are our parents, our family, and our closest friends. So I want to say to you, everyone, if you're a student, I challenge you, find friends who are going to inspire you and going to push you. Find friends that you aspire to be. Maybe you don't have friends in your life that go to college, but go find them or find the friends who have parents who went to college. Parents, if you yourself didn't go to college, find people who did, right? So another great story I love, uh, and we have a It's never of, too late never to go back late. to school. Right. So let's, I think we should share this story because I, I love this story about how you, you, yeah. So there are parents who might be listening and, and they, they had a, their dream deferred. So mama, how old were you? Or you don't have to say how old, but when did you go back to college yourself? <laughs> I love this story. I went to, back to college and I'm not afraid or embarrassed to say it. At the age of 58, after my dad passed away of cancer, rest in peace, dad, I just felt the need that there was just something that I needed to do. And that urge and desire and the dream of going to college and being a student, it just, it just, it was just in my soul. And after dad passed away, I decided to go to, to 
um, Long Beach City to check it out and see what I needed to do. Uh, not knowing how to sign up, even at age 58, okay? Um, I took a peachy folder with me. I took a pen and pencil because I was going to fill out an application for college yeah. and financial aid and whatever was going to be coming my way. And when I get there, um, everything was computerized. <laughs> I didn't own a computer. I didn't own a phone. And so when they directed me to a computer to sign up, I almost broke down and cried. Did someone who helped you or what happened? I immediately left the school <laughs> with my little peachy folder and pen and pencil. And I called one of my clients that had recently signed up for college at a later um, age to go to nursing school. So I told her I needed a mom to hold my hand and register me for school. So she came with me and she registered me on the computer. And she said, the first class that you are taking is a computer class. I'm like, that's great. And so we used her email for a while until I got it together. So my and favorite story is that you, you enroll in this computer class and you, you shared this with me last week. So you go to take, you go to the class, you don't know how to turn on the computer, right? And the, the kid, like literally the kid next to you helps you push like a single little button to turn on the, the computer. Yes, <laughs> the teacher comes in and, and, and everybody has a computer. I don't even know what it looks like, what it's supposed to do. And she says, okay, everyone turn on your computer. So I look behind it on the bottom of it, behind my table, around my desk, <laughs> looking for a button. And all of a sudden, the student, the very young student, reached over to my computer and just pressed a button and turned it on. Oh, my goodness. So uh, to quickly rack, uh, wrap up that little story, the next day, the teacher had given, her, given them homework and, um, and said, you know, to put it in Word. So mom comes to class the next day, excited that she's the first to turn in her homework on paper. And the teacher says, what's this? And she says, this is my homework. And, yes. and she says, you, t you told, and the teacher looks at her crazy. And she says, you told me to put it in word. <laughs> she said she wanted in word. So it was a true and false assignment. So I just so proudly went home and did my assignment immediately and wrote out each word. Oh true my God. And false and turned it in on her desk. First one to turn it in. And she looked at me and said, I said in word. I uh, said, it is. Oh my gosh. Okay. We have to go to commercial, but listen, everyone, I, I, I hope you're just as enraptured as I am, but we're going to break. Grab your pen and paper. If you don't have it, I'm going to give you five practical tips before we leave today that you can implement today to create that college going culture. So stick with us. We are not done. And we are live here with Lydia Franco. All right. Thanks. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> tuned into Destination University. If you have a question about the program for Dr. Cynthia Cologne, please send an email to destinationuniversity at gmail.com. That's destinationuniversity with a Y-O-U at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
We are back, and uh, I am sitting here with my with my posse here. We were all just laughing at your story. We're not laughing at you, Mom. We're laughing with you. Uh, it is one of the best stories that I've ever heard you tell. And I just had learned about it just to, just a week ago when we were sort of just talking and bantering about this this uh, episode. And boy, do I wish I could have you on every single week because you are full of good stories. So anyway, uh, welcome back with us. I hope you have your pen and paper ready or something to take notes. We're going to um, be giving lots of things before we close the show today. We have, we have plenty of time, so no, not to worry. But I hope you are enjoying my mom just as much as I do. So... I want to share that um, I want to close up with my story because I paused my story and I went to USC with the drill team and I, I don't remember, but I'm sure I came home saying this is where I want to go because all I talked about for like a whole, like forever after going to that game was USC, USC. <clears throat> and I was a college football fan. I watched Tennessee. I watched Nebraska. I watched UCLA. I watched USC, um, all the football teams that were big um, back in that time. But I really had my heart set on USC. So I get to senior year, and I, too, must have picked up a Cal State application from the, from the office. But I didn't really know. And, you know, USC is a private school. I didn't know wh- where to get that application. And, uh, Mom, you had met Mr. Vargas. Uh, Mr. Raul Vargas, um, I'll set up the end, but you tell the, the, the middle. Uh, we ended up going to his office, and he was the director of the uh, Mexican-American Alumni Association uh, at USC, and he took our appointment after hours and sat with us and explained to me how I could apply uh, to college and how you could apply to financial aid. But it's really serendipity how you even met him. So tell the story of how you met Mr. Vargas in that little card that you kept. Okay. Um, at the time, I was work- working for Security Pacific National Bank. I know that's a long time ago, <laughs> but there was a bank called Security Pacific that I had been working there and actually worked for for 26 years. And many times we went to social events. And at one of the social events that we we went to, um, sat at a table and, and uh, you know, met Mr. Vargas there and and in sharing, you know, what we did, um, he explained to me that he was a college counselor at USC, and and um, you know, if I had any kids, and I'd let him know I had three, and one was about ready to go soon. Uh, he gave me his business card, and he said, "When you're ready, just give me a call, and you know, we'll get her in." Wow! I held on to that little business card in my little pocket for a while. I don't remember exactly yeah. how long. Yeah. Um, but it was ironic that in another uh, social event that I went to with my older brother, Vic, uh, there was Mr. Vargas sitting at the table, and lo and behold, he and Vic had been friends wow. for life. So when my daughter Cynthia came home and said, you know, she wanted to go to this school, it was just ironic that it yeah. was the same little business card that I had in my pocket for years prior to that. And Mr. Vargas said, when we're ready, just give us a call. And you're absolutely right, Cynthia. He he made arrangements to see us um, after hours because <laughs> after hours. we came after I got off work. Right. And I remember driving out there and in our brown Oldsmobile up the 110 freeway, getting 110 off on freeway. exposition. Yeah. And here's really people who are listening. There are a couple of things I want you to to write down. One, when you have a dream, and I did. I wanted to go to USC and I started to say it out loud. I told anybody who would listen, that's where I wanted to go. That's where I wanted to go. And at the same time, when you're open to it, here's the irony. Mom is doing her thing, 
going to her events, and then she meets someone who works at USC, who can help us. So those things, I don't believe things happen by accident. I believe things happen because you put them out in the world, you believe them, and you put your mindset around you know, going to college in this case, right? So that's one takeaway. The other takeaway is, parents, if you don't have the answer, if you don't know how to get to college, you didn't go to college yourself, you figure it out. And that's what my mom, that's what my, that's really why you're my hero, because you always sort of figured out. And you were a listener. You have always been a good listener. And you were listening to the person who was sitting right next to you at this dinner or this event. And you listened when he said, call me when you're ready. Mm-hmm. And when we were ready, you called. Absolutely. And you never know who's sitting next to you. So no matter where you are, whether you're at the laundromat, whether you're in the in line for the grocery store or the bank, say hello to the person next to you. Chat with them and see what they do. You never know. That business card might save your life or help your, your kids get into college. That's probably why I meet so many people. I, I think Jane, if you're listening, Jane and I went on a, a trip to Alaska uh, recently. And I, can't, I kid you not, I came home with 50 new people, 50 new friends that I had met on the, on the ship, on the hike, anywhere you go. And I get that from you because it's true. You just never know who you're going to meet, who you're going to talk to. And actually, the reason I'm on this show is someone I met in my complex who introduced me to the executive producer here on Voice America. And, and then we had a conversation and one thing led to another. And here we are. So really, uh, that's, one of, that's one of the golden nuggets from Lydia Franco. <laughs> Meet everybody. Talk to everybody. She'll get your, you know, don't sit next to her if you don't want to share your life story because she'll get your life story in about two seconds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and get you an appointment to get your hair done, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll get to that. So uh, if you're listening, uh, if you, you know, you know that I wrote this book, uh, Tips, Tales, and Truths for Teens, but really it's sort of become how I live my life in telling tips and tales and truths. And I, I, I might get a little emotional here, but last week, or it's now it's been two weeks since we talked and we prepared a little bit for this chat. You know, it occurred to me, mom, that the real truth, the real truth about um, our story is that when I got into USC, I remember running around and I called you at Security Pacific Bank to tell you and I had the red shoe as the phone, right? right? This is back when we had like phones that plugged in. <laughs> I had to have a red shoe somehow. <laughs> yeah. And you and dad were already separated. And um, it's not a secret that he, he wasn't the best husband and, and provider for us. And so you were really doing this on your own. And the truth is you could have prevented me from going to college or you could have asked me to stay at home and live at home and have a job and contribute. You could have asked me to go part-time to school. You could have asked that I stay and help with the kids. Uh, They weren't in diapers exactly, but they were certainly still in grade school. You certainly needed the help. So it really took me until now to see like just how brave it was of you and courageous to let me go. And so I want to ask you now, why did you do that? <laughs> okay, Sam, don't make me cry. Okay, okay, okay. Let's hold it together. We've got, we've, up for you. I know, we got seven minutes, so tell it in, in 30 seconds. <laughs> the reason 
that I would never have you do that is because it was not your responsibility to, to see how I was going to raise my kids. It was not your job, you know, to do my job. And, and, and because I grew up with a dream that was never fulfilled until I was 58 years old. And I knew that by me getting you prepared for life, by going to college, to be able to, to do more for yourself, I would be doing more for you because it was your life. <laughs> it was your choice. I'd already lived my life, and I was my, it was my responsibility to figure my situation out. I made those choices, but it was my choice to know that my kids were not going to go through the same struggles that I did. You may be divorced, you may be separated, you may whatever, but you will be self-sufficient and not worrying as to how you're going to make the rent, how are you going to pay for the shoes, how are you going to, no. I wanted you to have a better life, and I knew that by going to college, it doesn't guarantee you success, but certainly it's an insurance Right. It's an insurance policy for the possibility mm. of success. What a golden nugget that was. Write that down. It's an insurance policy for what's possible. Mom, I I want to thank you for making that choice. And and I guess ultimately I was the, the best listener because I listened to you. I listened to you the whole time, and I listened to you. I, I could not see that you were in real need of support and help financially and otherwise, but I did listen to you believing in me. I listened to you cheering for me and supporting me in my dreams. So thank you for believing in me. And I guess thank me for being a good listener and following, following you. So, okay, we are going to, we have about five minutes left. So what do you say we give our listeners five tips that they can Take away today, leave with today and start creating that college going culture right in the home. And let me just say, Colleges may not be for everybody, but again, if you make that part of the culture of your, of your home, then at least your kids have the option. They have the luxury of having the option because not everybody has that luxury. So here are the five tips I have, and I want you to say the last one, okay, because that one's my favorite. So everyone, let's see. You want to write this down. Number one is the one we've been talking about, which is replace the word if with the word when, when you go to college, when you get an A, when you pass your test, and when you make the team. Number two, write this down. Listen and engage your child in conversation. In other words, put, put down your phone, learn about their dreams, learn about her, her worries, his struggles, her goals. You will learn a lot. Number three, write this down. Encourage their interests, strengths, and dreams. Say things like, it sounds like you found something you're really good at. Or, I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice. Number four, make a vision board together. Make this a project. It's the beginning of school. Everyone's back to school. Make a vision board. Really see what is in front of you, what you're dreaming of. Because when you, when you dream it, you can think it, you put it down, you share it, it becomes reality. And number five, mom, why don't you share? What is number five? Number five is the last but most important parents. Never forget and constantly remind your kids and say, I am so proud of you and I love you. Say it often. Let them know 
let them know you're behind them. Because if the parents are not behind them, who else could you expect to be? Oh, my God. Oh, we're getting emotional. Okay. Uh, I need my green tea and my Kleenex. Uh, Okay, what a treat it's been to have you here, Mom. We're going to wrap up. But is it okay if we share how to get a hold of you? So, um... My mom is a hairdresser. She's a, she's a, she was a banker. She had a full career and then went back to school. She was always doing our perms for all her sisters and myself and my sisters. And she finally got, <laughs> she finally went back to school to, to actually for reals do it. <laughs> so, uh, if you have a question for Lydia, if something struck you today, or you just want to send her, uh, something, then you can reach her at Lydia Franco 28 at Gmail. That's L Y D I A Franco F R A N C O 28 Gmail. You can also book an appointment to get your hair done. Cause she's pretty good at that. So we've got a couple minutes. Let me tell you next week up next week, our topic for next week is Ivy or intuition. Which would you choose? If you were admitted to an Ivy league, would you choose that automatically? Or would you go with your gut intuition? That's our topic next week with Julie Taylor Vaz. She is going to share. She's from new Orleans and she was choosing between Ivy or West coast. Okay. We're at the end. I can't believe it went so fast. I want you to know that by joining me, you are now part of my family. You can go to my website, www.drcynthiacolon.com. You can register your child for essay camps if they're a senior in high school. Parents, you can sign up for a free consultation. Or if you're looking for a way to pay for school expenses or save for college tuition, send me an email. at You can find it at my website. Or you can email destinationuniversity at gmail.com. That's destination, U-Y-O-U, university at gmail.com. Oh my goodness, it's time to say goodbye. All right, everyone, if we have done anything to fuel your confidence or help build dreams, then please share this episode with three people in the next 30 minutes. And I will see you next Wednesday, noon Pacific. Until then, wherever you are, May you have a happy and sunny day. Thanks, Mom. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening this week to Destination University. Be sure to join Dr. Cynthia Colon again next Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And get one step closer to your success.